Welcome to another Solid Rock Church podcast by Bishop Larry Ragland, Senior Pastor of Solid Rock Church. For more information and content, please visit solidrockchurch.com. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and you have a blessed day. If you hadn't read the story, he is alive. Spoiler alert. The church is still alive, and the church is still relevant, and the church is still important, and the church is not through. In fact, why don't you grab your Bible on this Easter Sunday morning and stand to your feet, and let's make a confession over the next few minutes of your life so that your hearts will be open, your spirit will be open, your mind will be open to be taught the Word of God. We're going to put the confession on the screen, and I want you to say it out loud with me. Here we go together. I believe in the Bible. Say it loud. I believe I am everything it says I am. I believe I can do everything it says I can do. I have worshipped and I have prepared my heart to hear from the Lord. I have a teachable spirit and I am ready to be changed by the Word. I realize I have been called and anointed for this moment. I am part of the remnant. I am ready In Jesus' name, somebody give the Lord a praise right now for the Word. Today we celebrate the greatest moment in human history. Jesus was born of a virgin that had never been done before. God became flesh and dwelt among man that had never been done before. Jesus had lived a sinless life for thirty, a little over 33 years of His life. Without one sin, it had never been done before. And now Jesus at Passover literally died on the cross and took the sins of the world on His body where it had only been put on an animal to be substitute for the sins. But man had taken it upon himself in the body of Jesus. It had never been done before. Jesus was not hanging on a cross in a loincloth like you see in an Easter drama. He was hanging on a cross completely naked and exposed to shame Him, to ridicule Him. Isaiah prophesied and it would be fulfilled that he would be beaten at such an extreme that he would not even be recognizable. His face had been caved in. Thorns had pierced into the skull, into the brain. He was not only experiencing blood all over his body. He had 39 stripes of lashes upon his back beaten with a cat of nine tails that had exposed even the backside of his ribcage, had exposed his muscles and his tendons and even his organs were pressed against a tree. He had nails in both of his hands. He had nails in his feet. That's to make sure that he was dead because they couldn't believe he had survived as long as he did. They stuck a spear right up under his rib cage and then right to the side of where his heart is. Blood and water was flowing out of his chest, out of his chest, spilling down upon the head of the mother that had taken care of him his entire life. She was covered in the blood of Jesus. One of the first ones to ever be covered with the blood of Jesus was John the Beloved who would live the only and die the only natural death. My God, maybe something happened to him that preserved him, that made him live a little bit longer than the others. I don't know. But the blood of Jesus, the only disciple that had not abandoned him, was at the feet of the cross, the foot of the cross. John the Beloved who would write the book of Revelation and the Gospel of John. He was covered in the blood of Jesus. Mary was covered in the blood of Jesus. The soldier that had driven the hand with his hands, the nail and the hammer in his hand was covered in the blood of Jesus. Jesus had took care of everything. Oh my God. They nailed a sign above his head that said, King of the Jews to mock him. To mock him. Because that's who they said he was. The third, after several hours, he finally died. He said it is finished. Everybody say that with me. It is Finished. I want you to know that when he said that and he bowed his head, something very powerful happened. Listen to me. At that very moment, the earth shook. The sky went dark. The sun was clothed by the darkness of the clouds. In the temple that had separated man from God was ripped in two from top to bottom. There was nothing standing between God and man. 
They took his body down completely naked and covered in blood. They laid him on the dirt. They pulled the nails out of his hands. They pulled the nails out of his feet. His body was lifeless. God's body was lifeless. Limp, not moving, could not walk, could not talk, could not do anything for itself. Had to be picked up by John. Can you imagine Mary walking behind John and those that were carrying his, his body that they had temporarily, as quick as they could, have covered his shame? So they thought it was shame. And they wrapped him in a shroud of linen. The blood was seeping through it, still dripping as they walked down the hill. They carried his body to a tomb. Not a tomb that had been purchased by Mary. She was poor. Not a tomb that had even been purchased by Jesus. Can I give you a little nugget, a little revelation? You don't need to buy a tomb if you know you're just borrowing it. Can I get an amen? So the Bible said they had convinced a man, a wealthy man named Joseph of Arithmathea, who had already had a tomb waiting on him. And they, and they convinced him to use the tomb. They thought to use the tomb at that point because their hope had gone. They were not remembering the words of Jesus. They, at that moment, they were not remembering that Jesus had predicted his own death, burial, and resurrection. When they put, when they put Jesus in the tomb of Joseph of Arithmathea, they thought that was the last time they would see him. Joseph never dreamed that he'd ever have an opportunity to use the tomb that he had purchased again. He had completely gave it to Jesus. For three days, the Roman soldiers, they had sealed with the, with the seal of Pilate and they had put armed guards guarding the tomb. What kind of man causes such commotion that they have to guard the dead body? Ah, you don't see nobody guarding the tombs of the graveyards that, that your loved ones are born at. I mean, those, it's a horrible thing when you watch your mama or your daddy or your loved one lowered into that ground and covered in dirt and you paid the money to have them chisel their name in a tombstone and put that tombstone at the head of that body. Maybe cremated. Maybe put into an urn. Maybe sprinkled somewhere. Maybe you didn't get the opportunity to do anything with the body because of the tragic death that came but ever how the tragic death came of the one that you love you weren't thinking when you were planning the, the memorial you weren't thinking when you were planning the celebration we better make sure we call the state troopers and have them guard those ashes we better make sure we call the, the county sheriff and make sure night and day 24 hours a day somebody's standing by that tombstone because we don't want nobody coming in and digging mama up can I get somebody to help me this morning but for some reason that even the people that said they didn't even believe they were they were nervous about a dead man because that dead man was not like any other man that had ever existed even the soldier that drove the nails through his hands when the when the ground began to shake knelt before the cross and said truly surely this man is the son of god i feel the holy ghost on this resurrection day guarded him for three days and three nights have because they said they didn't want to give the disciples no chance to come in and steal the body and then create a commotion and pretend that he had been raised. Well, you know what they didn't know? They didn't have nothing to worry about because the disciples were nowhere to be found. They were scared to death for their own lives. They didn't show up at the tomb one time. They were hiding out. Because I mean, let me tell you something right now. You, some of y'all big talkers. I've done it myself. I've been a big talker. But when, but when the thing, when the thing comes, when the attack comes, how I many know sometimes we find out we wasn't as big as we thought we were. We wasn't as committed to God as we thought we would be. Even the disciples, they had spent every day with him for three and a half years. Abandoned him. But on the third day, how many knows on Easter you can't just say third day. You got to say, but on the third day, I said on the third day, the stone was rolled away. See, God caused a sleep to come on those Roman soldiers. And while they were sleeping, the angels came. And rolled the stone away. Now watch this. On the third day, 
while the disciples were scared, locked up in an undisclosed location in the bunker. They done found a bunker because, you know, they're important. They got to preserve their life. Oh, y'all didn't hear that. While the rest of us going to get bombed. Truthfully, the ones that brought the bomb on all of us is in a bunker somewhere. Y'all get that later. The elite always seem to find a way to hide out when they're needed the most. Huh? Some of them that you think got your back telling you how you need to react to the situation, they want you to do it, but they ain't none of them doing it. See, Mary, Mary Magdalene followed the disciples around had to stand in the background while the men got the attention. While the chosen ones got to walk around and be, be revered by the people. While she's just this commoner, some think prostitute, some think harlot, who now has been delivered by God. But they were everywhere she goes, she's being reminded of who she used to be. But when push comes to shout, the only one that showed up on the third day, just like Jesus, well, the only one that remembered destroy this temple and on the third day I'll rebuild it as just as in the days of Jonah that was in the well for three days and three nights so shall the son of man be in the belly of the earth the only one that held on to the word was the remnant was the throwaway was the one that didn't have a title Woo! Mary showed up outside the tomb. You can read it with me in John chapter 20, verse 11. Weeping. As she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. When she got to the tomb, it was open. She looked in there. She saw two angels in white sitting, just chilling, y'all. One at the head of where Jesus was laying and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? In other words, don't you remember? Why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they've taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they have laid him. Now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there but did not know that it was Jesus oh I feel the Holy Ghost Jesus said to her watch this woman why are you weeping and whom are you seeking isn't it amazing the pattern of God Adam where are you who told you you were naked Woman, why are you weeping? An opportunity for her to realize. I shouldn't be crying. I should be dancing. Who are you seeking? Because I need to know. Did you really come looking for a dead man? She still didn't get it. But are you thankful? That even when we don't get it, Jesus don't give up on us. So I don't know if he changed his voice. I don't know if she had a moment to clear her eyes. All I know is how many knows it's one thing when you hear somebody talking, but it's another thing when they know to call your name. 
It's one thing for you to meet a, a first-time visitor that comes back next week and say to them, it sure is good to see you again. That's a blessing. But there's another thing when they don't expect it and you come in and you say, hey, Johnny, it sure is good to see you and marry your wife and your kid Austin with you. It's so good. What? You know my name? You know my wife's name? How many knows it carries a different weight when you hear your name? Oh, but it goes to another level of weight. When you hear the Lord Jesus Christ call your name. Like the other night in the middle of a dead sleep with a crazy dream. At 3.32 in the morning, I heard the Lord say to me in a, a loud voice in the middle of the dream, Larry, wake up! Wake up! I woke up. And I looked at my clock and it was 3.32. And the moment my eyes woke up, at 3.32, I saw it change to 3.33. And I knew, God, what are you telling me? And I went to Scripture, and I started looking at things that were 33.3, and I found Jeremiah 33.3 calling to me, and I will answer thee and show you great and mighty things that you know not. He said, son, I woke you up to tell you I'm about to move you into a realm where I'm going to show you things that you've never seen. But if I would have just heard wake up, I don't know if my spirit man would have woke up. But I heard that voice that I know call my name. Are y'all hearing me? Jesus looked at Mary and simply said, Mary. And when, she, when he said her name, she turned and said, Rabbi, which is just mean teacher. Jesus said, do not cling to me. Do not touch me. For I have not yet ascended to my Father. But go. Somebody shout go. But go to my disciples, to my brethren, and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and found the disciples that she had seen, that she told them that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. Let me tell you something. Dried up, dugly plucked up from the root preacher. They won't try to tell me that a woman ain't got the right to preach the gospel. Let me tell you something about my Bible. My Bible says God is not the author of confusion. And the word gospel means good news. There ain't no better news but that he was dead, but he's alive. How do you know he was alive? I saw him. Who told you to come here and tell me that he was alive? He did. So the very first one that ever proclaimed the gospel, that ever carried the gospel, that ever told the religious men that Jesus was alive, the best news that ever existed was a woman and there wasn't no man anywhere around. You know why I think he, one of the reasons he did it? Because for years you have claimed sin in your life because of a woman. Even though the man was standing right behind Eve and ate the fruit right after she ate it. You've judged a woman for at least she had the guts to speak up. And God said, I'm going to wipe it all out. I'm going to show up to the first human ever. A former harlot. A remnant rag that had to stand in the back while the big dogs got the attention. I'm going to call on her to go tell the big dogs I'm coming. I'm preaching better than y'all shouting on an Easter Sunday morning. Some of y'all thinking about that ham and those eggs and all that. Let me tell you something. This is better than ham. I'm feeding you something better than your grandma and your mama can cook. And I know your mama can cook. But this is better than what your mama can cook. I want to remind you. Those three powerful words that was ever spoken in existence. What is it is finished. It is finished. What was finished? The completion of the prophecy of the garden was finished. The prophecies of the Old Testament prophets were finished. The Messiah was not coming. He had come. He was not going to be born of a virgin. He had. He was not going to take on the sins of the world. He did. It was finished. What was finished? The price of our sins was finished. Our way to heaven was finished. The Old Testament was finished. 
Hebrews chapter 9 verse 16 says, For where there is a testament, there also must be a necessity, the death of the testator. For a testament is only enforced after men are dead, since it has no power at all while the testator lives. It is finished. The Old Testament was finished. Those that know me that have ever heard me preach know how I feel about those three powerful words. I preach the power of those words as much or probably more than anyone. But I need to tell you this morning, everything was not finished when he said it is finished. We just need to know what he meant when it is finished. If it was all finished, he would have just disappeared from the cross and went to sit by God's right hand. But he didn't. The agenda of why Jesus came was not finished. How many give me just a few more minutes if you're still with me? Say amen. There's so much going on in the story of Jesus and Mary at this tomb that we usually miss it. I want you to see some very powerful things. I'm going to go fast to get you out of here on time. The very first post-resurrection words that we have in Scripture, as I just read, the very first words we've ever have recorded that Jesus said in resurrected body is, Woman, why are you weeping and who are you seeking? This reveals the true heart of Jesus. He just provided salvation for every human, but He was still concerned about the weeping of one person. Let me tell you, this is the glorified Jesus. This is the same Jesus that's sitting on the right hand of God. The same Jesus that we prayed to God and asked to forgive us of our sins, and He heard our prayers. The same Jesus is the Jesus that stood at that empty tomb talking to Mary, and yet He was able to be concerned about one. Do you understand that God loves everyone, but He loves you? He hears from everyone, but He can hear you. Because His ways are not our ways. He's not limited by our ability. Are you hearing me? The second words we ever have recorded is when He was confused, and she said, Mary. Because Mary was a personal thing with God. It would have, it would have been the same as if He had said, Larry. Or C.J. Clifton. I don't know which one he would call you. Shaggy. I don't think he'd call you Shaggy. That's the inside thing here. There is a very specific reason why Mary did not recognize him. He was dressed at that moment differently than she had ever seen him. In fact, differently than anyone had ever seen him. He was dressed as the high priest would dress once a year at Passover. Because Passover had just happened. The lambs had been slain in the temple. But when he cried out, it is finished. All the lambs being slain stopped. Because there was now no more veil to go behind. It was chaos at the temple. All the lambs that had been brought from all over Israel stopped being slain. When Jesus died. Remember what John the Baptist said when Jesus came down in the river Jordan to be baptized? John the Baptist, his cousin, said, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. When Jesus was laid in that tomb, He was wrapped in a natural linen cloth. When He walked out, He was dressed in the priestly garb. Hebrews 9 verse 11 says this, But Christ became our high priest of the good things to come and with the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands that is not of this creation not with the blood of goats and calves but with his own blood he entered into the most holy once place once and for all having obtained eternal redemption when he said, touch me not, for I have not yet ascended to my Father, he was speaking in the role of the high priest because the high priest once a year would go into Passover, could not even be touched with the love of his life, could not be touched by his wife, could not be touched by his children, could not be touched by his grandchildren because if human flesh touched him before he went once a year behind the veil into the Holy of Holies, he would be struck dead. God's law wrote that. He said, I came not to destroy the law, but to fulfill the law. I didn't do away with a lamb, I became the lamb. I didn't do away with the need to, be, to have a priest. I became the priest. Are y'all hearing me? 
He said, I'm going to heaven and I'm taking my blood. There's a heavenly tabernacle. Everything that was designed here on earth was modeled after the one that's in heaven. I'm going to take my blood and I'm going to put it on the mercy seat. I'm going to put it on the ark of the covenant in heaven. And in heaven there is no disease. There is no death. It will not dry up. It will not decay. It will not scab over. And from this point forward, you don't get it now. But every single time that somebody cries out to me, every single time that somebody asks me to forgive them, the wages of sin is still death but the father will look at me and I will say to the father look at the blood hallelujah the blood is still alive the blood is still fresh they are still covered he said but tell them once I get done I'm coming to them it is finished on the cross but the work of Jesus was not finished during those three days while his body laid in that tomb Jesus, the Bible said in Ephesians chapter 4, went to hell and also to paradise. Abraham's bosom where all the Old Testament saints had gone before this moment in the Old Testament. It said in Ephesians chapter 4, but to each, verse 7, but to each of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, was he ascended on high. He led captivity captive and gave gifts unto man. Now this, he ascended. What does it mean but that he also descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended ascended is also the one who ascended far above all heavens that he might fulfill all things. What did he do when he went to, he to hell? The Bible says in Colossians 2.15 he disarmed principalities, he disarmed powers and he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them. He kicked the gates of hell. My God opened. He said take me to your leader. My God. He whooped the devil in front of us, all of his little demons. He made that spectacle meets. He made an open show of him and all those that had chose to follow him. Mocked him. Grabbed what keys he had. The Bible said in Revelation 1.18, I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades or hell and of death. So while his body was laying in that tomb, his, he was still working. His body might have looked like it was finished, but he wasn't finished. Jesus never rests. How I many knows God doesn't rest? My God, while we thought his body was resting in a tomb, he was working on our behalf. He was... He walked into Abraham's bosom. There was Moses. There was David. My God, are y'all hearing me? There was Daniel. There was Adam. There was uh, Rachel. There was uh, all those Old Testament saints that we know and many others. And my God, when he walked in, Isaiah stood up and said, Oh, there he is. Daniel stood up and said, Oh, that's the one I saw. But who's that guy coming in next to him? Oh, let me introduce you to this guy. He was hanging on the cross next to me a few minutes ago, and I promised him he could come with me. The first New Testament Christian was the thief on the cross next to Jesus. Watch this. He didn't get baptized. He wasn't in a church service. My God, I thank God for baptism. I thank God for preachers laying hands on us. But ultimately, all you really need to make it to heaven is you got to get where Jesus is. You just got to get where Jesus is. And you got to talk to Jesus. If you'll ask Jesus to let you, to let him, let you go with him, he'll let you go. Woo! There was some wild stuff going on up on top too. The Bible says on the third day, when that stone was rolled away, I'm going to blow your mind. Matthew 27, 52 says this, as Jesus is walking out of the tomb, watch this. The graves were open. The whole cemetery, the whole hillside was open. And many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep, were raised from the dead. Y'all don't ever hear that on Easter. They came out of the graves with Him after the resurrection, His resurrection. And they went into the holy city, Jerusalem, and appeared to many. What were they saying? I don't know who they were. I don't know who God chose to come out. But it was some of the ones that was just in that room. 
walking around going, let me tell you something. He's up there walking around talking to some people, showing himself. But let me just tell you, let me tell you who I am. Nice to meet you. I'm Daniel. My God, I, I'm the one that was in the lion's den. I'm, y'all Y'all done talked about me for years. I'm the real deal. But don't worry about me. I'm just walking around. This is freaking me out as much as it is you. I didn't think this was ever going to happen. All I was not, all I was told is to tell y'all that he was dead. But the Messiah has come and he ain't dead no more. You won't get freaked out. Jesus wasn't the only one walking around raised from the dead. I'm about to fall out right now. I got six minutes, I think. I think somebody messed that clock. That clock ain't right. Your watch is the devil. I rebuke that watch. Watch this. Jesus showed up and stood in the midst of them. He walked straight in the midst of the disciples. They had locked the door out of fear. But a locked door can't keep a resurrected Jesus out. If a sealed sealed stone can't keep him out, a locked door ain't going to keep him out. The Bible said he walked right through the wall and just showed up. He said, you don't need a door when you are the door. Come on, somebody. That's a tweetable quote. You don't need a door when you make your own door. I can open doors that no man can shut. I can shut doors that no man can open. So he stood there in the midst of them. Watch, watch, I'm, I'm hurrying. I'm skipping over some things. Jesus revealed who he was. He said, look at the scars in my hands. Look at the scars in my feet. Look at the scar in my side. And while they're standing there freaking out, he quickly gets to the point. I mean, he moves straight from walking through the wall, showing himself, says, listen, guys, we don't have much time. Peace be on you. Verse 21, I'm just going to read. So Jesus said to them, peace be to you. And as the Father has sent me, I also send you. So he said, let me tell you something. I finished everything I needed to finish on the cross, but we ain't finished here, boys. Open that door and know that I'm with you to the ends of the age. Let's go. Notice the pattern. He sent Mary. He sent the disciples. He is ascending God. And for the next 40 days, 40 days, he walked around, resurrected, glowing with the glory of God. With holes that you could see through in his hands, his wrists, and his feet. An open wound on his side that was not bleeding anymore. It was healed. But how many of those God could have sealed those holes? And he left them to show you he's the real deal. I believe he still got them today, even in his glorified form. But the next 40 days, isn't it interesting? 40 days. 40 days and 40 nights it rained in Noah's time. 40 days God, Jesus fasted in the wilderness when he faced the devil. So many instances of 40 in Scripture. But for 40 days he walked around. During these times so many crazy things happened. He showed up in different random places doing different things. Forty days later, which will be 43 days from the time they took him down off the cross, the Bible says in Acts chapter 1, the former account I made, O Theophilus, this is Luke writing, of all that Jesus began to both do and teach until the day in which he was taken up. After through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles, whom he had chosen, and to whom he had presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days, speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. You see, Jesus understood something that you need to understand. Jesus understood the power of leadership and influence long before any leadership expert ever did. He knew, listen to me, and I'm closing, That no one could ever do what he did on the cross. That's why he said, give me the cup. That's why he said, if it's possible in the garden for this cup to pass from me, immediately realize it's not possible. No one could do what I have to do. And when he's on that cross, he said, I tried to give the cup up there, but I knew I couldn't. 
But even in my suffering like no human has ever suffered, give me the cup. And he drank of the cup. But watch this. Salvation of mankind could only come from him. Not from any other God. Not Buddha. Not Allah. No other God. He also knew that the kingdom could not only be advanced through him. He knew that salvation could only come through him. He knew that restoration could only come through him. He knew that healing could only come through him, but he knew the kingdom could not only come through him. He understood that the kingdom would not be advanced by him alone. It was finished on the cross, but the full purpose of him being on earth was not finished. I want to say something powerful and probably controversial. Without the post-resurrection 40 days of Jesus, Christianity would have probably never had the impact that it has had. For over the last 2,000 years, I don't know this because I believe God's able to do anything. But the way, the way God laid out His plan and the way He carried it out, I believe He knew that those 40 days were going to be just as important as the three days. Just as important as the three and a half years. Just as important as the virgin birth. Because it was during those 40 days, listen to me as I go quickly, that he made sure that his disciples had spent quality time with him. He taught them kingdom principles that could have never been understood before the resurrection. Now all the things that he spoke of, they could get it. He revealed himself to tens of thousands of unnamed men and women that would later become pillars in the church that we do not know their names. His own brother, James, until the crucifixion, was not a believer. John 7, 5, early in his ministry, said, for even his own brothers did not believe in him. They considered him to be a lunatic. They did not believe in him. But something changed after the resurrection and the upper room because somewhere between the resurrection and the upper room Acts 1.14 says they all continued in one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and all of his brothers they didn't believe. But at some point, we don't have the, the record the record of it when it actually happened. But Jesus made time to show up to his brothers and his sisters. He made time to show up to his own family. And it wasn't a prideful thing. It was a love thing. He didn't want to leave here without knowing that the young men and young women that he had been raised with, that he spent his whole life with in the house of his father and his mother, he could not bear it that they did not see him in resurrected form and thank God that he looked at James and said James I don't judge you brother but look at me I really am who I told you I was and James fell on his face before his brother and gave his life to his own brother and if listen y'all don't understand the gravity of that because if Jesus would have not cared about his brother The church may not have survived. When Paul began to preach, and Peter was preaching, Peter was still preaching that you must be circumcised. Paul was preaching that you don't have to be physically circumcised. It's a circumcision of the heart. And they created the greatest division in the history of the early church to where people were starting to say, I don't want to be a part of Paul's church. And Paul's followers said, I don't want to be a part of Peter's church. But the Bible said there was a man named the Apostle James who was the brother of Jesus called Paul and called Peter to Jerusalem and what is known as the Jerusalem Council. He listened to both these great men of God and James who did not even believe until the resurrection stood up and said this is what our Lord says will be the doctrine of the early church and he saved the early church. None of that would have happened if during the 40 days he wouldn't have showed up to his brother. He walked and talked with random people on his way to a place called Emmaus. Had dinner with them. Just, just hanging out with them. And they're just talking about Jesus. They didn't know who he was. 
And all of a sudden, Jesus disappears while they're eating. And they're like, oh, my God. That's why our spirits were burning within us. And the last thing, and I'm closing. As it got close to the end of 40 days, and Jesus knew exactly when, the, when he would leave. He knew 40 days is it. Somewhere around the 38th, 39th day. He ends up sitting around a campfire with his disciples, eating fish. And they're all laughing. They're cutting up. They're thinking in their mind, he's never leaving. He's already conquered death. We got Jesus with us forever. This is cool. They already started to sort of slip back into being used to having Jesus around. So somehow I can see Jesus just start sort of side-eyeing Peter. And Peter's going, man, praise the Lord. So good to have you, sir. Still judging himself or denying him. Peter, three times. Three times I said I didn't know him. Three times I denied him. I looked him in the face and I cursed him. God, but he's sitting right here beside him. Why is he not saying nothing? Why is he not bringing it up? I need to talk to him. I need to talk like that. I need to get this off my chest. Peter, do you love me? Of course I do, Lord. Of course I do. Of course I do, Lord. I love you so much. I will, I will. How could I? How could I feed the sheep knowing what I've done? I failed you. Peter, Peter, son, look at me. Do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. I love you with all my heart. I need you to, I need you to go. I need you to go and take care of my lambs. You hear me? Take care of my lambs. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, I will. See what he sees in me, call me rock and all this stuff. And I'm just, I'm not capable. I have proven I'm not good enough. Peter, 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 look at me. Peter, look at me. Do you love me? With everything that's within me. And feed my sheep. And something happened to Peter. He's not asked again. Peter becomes qualified. Because when you finally grasp the resurrected Jesus. When you finally see who is standing in front of you. When you finally know who's in this room. And it's not a nursery rhyme. It's not a story you learned in vacation Bible school. When you know that he that was dead and is not dead anymore is in this room. You understand. Through him, you are qualified. Nothing disqualifies you. ended it on the 40th day he said y'all come on with me and he went up to a high place and he stood on top of that high place on that mountain and he said listen to me the Bible says there was at least 500 men plus women and children many believe there were probably thousands of people that heard him but at least 500 men around the base of where he was standing he said none of you know why you came up this mountain with me but I knew until you see me again, these will be the last words you hear me say here on this earth. I need you all to go. Remember, he'd already told him, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Go lay hands upon the sick. Go, Mary. Go, disciples. Go. I need you to go to Jerusalem and wait till you shall receive the promise of the Father. Here's what's going to happen. You will be baptized with power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. And the Bible said at that point, His feet lifted up off the ground. 
And it wasn't fast. It was slow. Here's how I know it was slow. Because they stood and they gazed and they watched Him disappear into the clouds. And just like at the tomb, Jesus don't go anywhere without angels. He always had angels. He had an angel proclaim the virgin birth and there was angels with him through his whole entire life. He said, I could have called angels down to take me off this cross. Everywhere Jesus went, angels went with him. And as he was descending and disappearing into heaven, and this is it for today, listen to me. There was angels leaving with him, but that God left angels down here because he always leaves angels down here with us as well. And they... Those angels started looking around, and every head was like this. How many of those, if you see a man disappear in the clouds, you ain't checking your phone? Every head was like this. And that angel said, why stand you gazing? For in like manner, as you see him go away, he shall. And somebody spoke up and said, we need to go. And they went and they found an upper room. And for a week, they prayed. And that number went from a crowd of thousands to hundreds down to 120. And they got in one mind and one accord. And suddenly, the Holy Ghost fell in that room. And God proved that it was not finished. My last verse that I'm going to read to you, and I want you all to get your Bible, so I want you to read it out loud with me. I want you to go to Acts chapter 28, and we're going to finish with this prayer. Acts chapter 28. If you're at Acts chapter 28, say amen. Acts chapter 28, if you've made it there, say amen. I want you to go down. To verse 32. Verse 32. If you're, if you're at verse 32, I want you to shout, I'm there. You are? Okay. Are you at verse 32? Did you find verse 32? Wait a minute. Did you? There, wait a minute. What? Wait a minute. There's, is your translation doesn't have verse 32? Wait a minute. 31? There's not a 32. Look at your neighbor and tell him, you are verse 32. My God, give him praise right now. There's a reason why it's not in your Bible. Because Acts is still being written. Somebody give him praise. Somebody give him praise. The Acts of the church is still being written. It is not finished. Verse 31 does not finish the acts of the apostles. Somebody shout, I'm verse 32. Look at somebody tell you, you're verse 32. Stand on your feet. That's the Holy Ghost. That's what fell in Acts chapter 2. And he's still falling. He ain't finished. The Holy Ghost ain't finished. The church ain't finished. You ain't finished. Jesus ain't finished. Oh, he finished what he needed to finish to make you available and to make you capable and to make you qualified. Paul said, know you not that your lives are written letters read of men. What he's trying to say is the same thing that I'm writing right now, which is known as an epistle, a letter, that's all the epistles were. It's what your life is. And every day they read you. Your coworkers read you. Your children read you. Your neighbors read you. The people in the restaurant read you. What are reading if you're here today and you say Jesus I need I got to know when I walk out them doors into that beautiful Easter that y'all thought was going to be storming the sun is out it's beautiful I can see it through the doors but when you walk out there no matter what the condition looks like out there you need to know today Acts come on 2832 
is still being written in your life. And if you don't know that, and you want to know that, if there's sin in your life, if there's things in your life that are holding you back, I think everybody in here would be okay with five more minutes to make time for you to pray a prayer so that verse 32 can begin in your life. If that is you, I want you to come and stand before me on this Easter resurrection Sunday morning and God is going to begin to rewrite your story. Your story's not over. He wants to continue to write your story. Who is it going to be? Come on. Who needs their story to be written? Who needs to see the story be written a different way than you ever thought it would be? Is there anybody? Let me tell you, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're saved, backslidden, leader in the church. I don't care if you're a pastor. My God, you need, you need to know 32 needs to be written in your life. Anybody else? Anybody else? Three seconds. Three seconds. They're still coming. They're still coming. My God, this is resurrection. How many is ready for the resurrection to, to live in you? Listen, he finished it on the cross, but he ain't finished with you. He ain't finished with you. My God, look at this. Look at this. I believe there's more. I believe there's more. How many, how many is okay with going over a few minutes on Easter Sunday to see this many lives changed? This is what we prayed for. This is what we've been fasting for. This is what we've been believing God for. Come on, do you see these families up here with their children? Families. Household salvation. It's still coming. Church that's back there, will you stretch your hands towards your brothers and sisters right now? Those that are up here, raise your hands high. Raise them high. Say these words with me. Jesus, I stand before you in the altar of God, completely clean, open, hiding nothing. You already know everything. But today, I release it. I hide nothing from you. So Jesus, today, I receive this word that your acts and moving and will is still being written in my life. I am your disciple. I am your child. Jesus, I receive it. I receive you into my life. I confess you as my Lord and my Savior. And I ask you to forgive me of every sin I've ever committed. From this day forward, I will see myself as your child anointed, appointed, qualified, nothing in my past, nothing I've ever done, nothing I've ever said, and nothing anyone has ever spoken over me will ever disqualify me another moment in my life. You have trusted me to be alive in this moment. I am a voice. I am your child. In Jesus' name. Somebody give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. Now all over this church, as we close on this Resurrection Sunday, hands up. All over this church, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, put your hand up now and say this with me. I am. Acts 28, 32. He is still writing his story and my story in Jesus' name. God bless you. Hallelujah. Happy Easter.